Come on, we serve a great God, ladies and gentlemen. We serve a great God. I said we serve a great God. Come on, if he's an okay God, give him okay praise. If he's a good God, give him good praise. But if he's a great God, give him great praise. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There you go. Somebody's getting it today. Somebody's getting it. Woo! Thank you for moving on from just being churchy and actually being a Christian and giving God what he's worthy of. Amen. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know what excites me about this? Sister Nancy, what excites me about this right now is when I was growing up, all right, I'm going to date myself, in the 80s, in the 80s, I used to watch this show with my grandmother all the time. It was called The Price is Right. Okay. I love how some of you did just act like your name just got called out to come on down. Hey! Let's go! So I used to watch this show with grandma, my grandma Bibi. This is my mom's mom. We'd watch this all the time and and it just so happens, uh, in honor of Bob Barker's life, he just passed away last week, I believe. So in honor of his life, I just want to play a quick game with you, okay? It was one of those games I used to watch with my grandmother called How Much Does It Cost? How Much Does It Cost, okay? How Much Does It Cost? One dollar. That's, that's always got to be the guess, right? How Much Does It Cost? Tiana, let's give him that first one there. How Much Does It Cost? It's coming out here in about a week and a half. The iPhone, how much does it cost? Which, which level, Pastor? Base level? Highest level? I'm an Android person. Who gives a crap? Okay, I got it. Okay. How much does it cost? 1600 $1,200, $1,200. Ah, uh, Kenny's been looking it up over there. The actual retail price of the, of the, five, uh, the 512 me, uh, gigabytes is exactly $1,199, Kenny. But you actually overbid, right? He overbid. He went over. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. yeah, he over it. <clears throat> all right, ne next thing, next thing. Let's give him this one. Now, I'm believing God. This is going to be for Emmanuel. This is for you, Emmanuel. All right, in Jesus' name. It's for Emmanuel right here in Jesus' name. This is the Royals Royce boat tail. Royals Royce boat tail. I'm assuming it can transform into a boat. Yeah. What, what do we got? What do we got? 80 grand. How much? How much? 400,000. I got a 400,000. I want to go a little higher than 400,000 over here. 400,000. <laughs> do I do, let's give it to him Tiana do I hear a a 28 million 20 the most expensive car <laughs> oh lord oh lord 28 million whoo Emmanuel's gonna get blessed from heaven hello where to come from because good lord 28 million how about this one how about this let's give the next one Tiana how much does this one cost how much does this one cost come on how much does it cost how much does it cost? Five cents. Wow. A hundred million. Okay. hundred million. I hear a hundred million. <laughs> How much? 35 million. 35 million? Okay. Um, Reverend Jerry, Forbes just listed, as of August, Forbes just listed the Bears at $6.3 billion. <laughs> now, if I want to buy that, who do I have to ask? Who, who do I have to ask? Show me who I have to ask, Tiana, if I want to buy the Bears. That's right. Aaron Rodgers, because he owns you. <laughs> He owns you, right? All right. How much does it cost? How about this one? How about this one? Let's give me the last one. Tanya. How much does it cost to follow Jesus? This is what I'm getting at. How much does it cost 
to follow Jesus. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Luke 18 real quick. Luke 18. Luke 18. Verse 28. I love this, I love this, this, this interaction between Peter and Jesus. Peter says to Jesus, he says, we have left all. All. We've left our homes, our families. We've left everything, everything we've had to follow you. And look what Jesus says. Yep, that's right. Truly, I tell you this. I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brother or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom, here it is, look at verse 30, will be repaid many times over in this life. Okay, awesome. And will have eternal life in the world to come. Would you just maybe gently nudge your neighbor and just ask them my subject for today? Just, ju- just nudge somebody and just ask them, what has it cost you to follow Jesus? What has it cost you to follow Jesus? This is Baptism Sunday. Can someone say hallelujah? hallelujah. Amen. What does it cost to follow Jesus? Let me, let me kind of give you a, a little bit of, of background if I can. Let's go to John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, we actually have John's account of Jesus' baptism, though he doesn't actually say the words that Jesus was baptized. We get the reference here because John the Baptist sees Jesus coming towards him while John is baptized, and he says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, he is the one I was talking about when I said a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. Basically, what John goes on to tell us is just simply this. God told John, listen, you're going to baptize with water, but when you see the Spirit of God descend upon this person, you will know that's my son. That's my chosen one. So the reference to Jesus' baptism is there because we know at Jesus' baptism, the Spirit of God came down upon him like a dove. So look at verse 33. Here's what happens. So John points out Jesus. Here's the man who takes away the sins of the world, okay? He's the one who's greater. He's the, he is the one who existed even before I ever showed up. So verse 35 tells us, so the next day, John stood there with two of his disciples. <laughs> Keep going. Verse 36. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. Now check this out. The two disciples heard him say this. Peace out, John. Peace out. And they followed Jesus. Woo! I don't know what you've been chasing after, but if it ain't Jesus, it's never going to do you the way Jesus can. It's never going to help you the way Jesus can. It's never going to bless you the way Jesus can. It's never going to provide the way Jesus can. And it's never going to get you where Jesus can get you. So even though they were followers of John, they realized, you, you're good, but he's greater. And they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, he said this to him. He said, what, what do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? And he said this to them. And you can just underline this with me. He said this, come and see. Come and see. I mean this with all the love I know how, but really there is there's no easier commitment than just to come and see. Okay? Because that's where we all start when we first come to church, right? Come and see. Come and come and see this crazy white pastor, dude. Come check him out. Come and see. Come, come and hear this amazing worship team, man. Those guys are awesome. They love Jesus. Come. It, 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 it's where we all start. And and I don't know about you, but I want to thank God that at some point in time, someone had enough nerve to tell you, "Hey, come to church with me." Aren't you? Aren't you just grateful? Somebody got up the nerve to be, "Hey, would you come to church with me?" Come, come 
But see, and, and, and here's what I believe, because we just finished a series called Depopulating Hell. So if we want to keep depopulating hell, then we need to keep inviting people to come and see. Come and come and meet some amazing people at my church. Come and see. Come, come, come and meet Rev Dev. That dude is, is freaking awesome. You will love that guy. And he will love you. Come and see. Come, and, come early because they usually have bagels and donuts from Harner's. Come and see. But more than that, come and see because Jesus is there. And when Jesus shows up, healing starts happening and breakthrough starts happening and joy starts breaking out over the house. Come and see. Come and see how Jesus is changing lives. But come and see is only the introductory commitment level. That's where we begin. But we can't leave you there. Why? Because Jesus doesn't leave us there. Once you consider... Go with me to Luke chapter 6. The introductory is come and see. But here's what happens in chapter 6 of, of, of Luke. The Bible tells us that in these days, Jesus went to the mountain to pray, and, and he continued all night in prayer to God. Why? Because what he was doing all day long is he was healing the sick. He was casting out devils. He was performing miracle after miracle, sign after sign, wonder after wonder. He was blowing the people's minds the things that he was doing. And so this crowd started following him, and, and, and everywhere he went, he was performing these miracles. So you know what he did at night? He did what you have to do with your cell phone if you use it all day, recharge. He had to plug in. So he plugged into the Father in prayer all night long, and he would continue all night long in prayer. And when the day came, here's what happened. This day in particular, he called his disciples and chose from them 12. And you got the names of all the apostles that are in here. I don't, you probably, you've seen all 12. Just give me that last verse real quick, Tiana, of, of this section here. Verse 16, <clears throat> and Judas, the son of James, there was two of them, and then Judas, Iscariot, who became a traitor. Look at your neighbor and say, is it you? No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to do that. No. Yeah. Who became a, a traitor? So what we have is up to this point, Jesus is just like, come and see. Come and see what I'm doing. And so the crowds are, are coming, but, but in Luke 6, a shift begins to happen. Because now Jesus picks out 12 of those people who were just watching, just observing, just spectating. He picks out 12 of them, and he says, we're going to transition from just come and see to let's go and die. Ooh, good Lord. Why is that so important? Why, why do we need to see these men's lives shift from the come and see to the go and die? Because something about these men's lives, that when their lives changed, history began to change with them. Uh, I, I just, I just came to tell somebody here today that the reason that God wants to change your life is so that you can change your history. I need a little help here for just a moment. See, someone in here today, someone here today, you're about to change your family's history because people used to know your daddy for certain things, but they're going to know you for something better. People used to know your crazy cousins for certain things, but they're going to know you for something greater. People know you got a ratchet family, but because you're not just coming and seeing, you're going to go and die. You're going to change your family's history. I want to speak over somebody who's ready to, to change their financial history. Come on, somebody. I'm tired of living in poverty. I'm ready to prosper. I'm tired of being the, the borrower. I'm ready for God to make me the, the lender. I'm, I'm going to change my history. Some church in this area, Rev, some church in this area is going to change this community's history. If you agree with me, it might as well be Impact Church. Can you shout right now? It might as well be us.
might as well be us to change the history of this community. If you are taking notes, let me just give you three quick things. Number one, this is all about following Jesus. So if I'm going to become a legitimate follower of Jesus, I have to transition from this mindset of just come and see. Transition to a go and die. <laughs> what do you mean? What, what exactly do I mean by go and die? Like, am I like jumping off a bridge or something? Am I supposed to let a car hit me? What are we talking about? Okay. No, 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 no. Spiritually. Spiritually, okay? I guess some of you might want to hit somebody with a car, but I'm not, that's, what I'm gonna, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay? Or, or God, good Lord, or, or when it already happens, okay? No, no, I, I am talking about this idea of what a, a German theologian and pastor by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, if you know anything about the, the, Nazi, the, the Nazi regime, they didn't just... They didn't just take the Jews and, and imprison and, and put them in concentration camps and, and kill them. They would take anyone who resisted and spoke out against them. And, and thank God that we're still a handful of Germans, just a handful, but godly men and women that just simply said, this is evil, this is wrong, and I will oppose it every step of the way. This pastor in particular, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he opposed Hitler. He opposed the, the Nazi regime. And, and, and in that, the Nazis threw him in a concentration camp. And here's what he said. He, he, I just want you to see what he, what he said before he, before he was actually, he was, he, was, uh, he was hanged. This is how he was killed. But here's what he said. He said, the, the first call which every Christian experiences is the call to abandon the attachments of this world. Can I get an Amen. Come on, somebody. All those things you're living for, those relationships, those items, those, you're, you're, you're literally burning the candle at both ends just to obtain more stuff. It's all going to pass away anyway. It won't last. And he says, so the first thing for us to do is to abandon the attachments of this world. And Jesus, speaking to his disciples, said in Matthew 16, verses 24 and 25, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Here's how he finished this. He said, when Christ calls a man, he bids him, come and die. This is what I'm, I'm trying to tell you. We can't just watch other people walk with Jesus. You have to walk with Jesus. We can't just let other people serve you. You have to serve others as Jesus served others. You can't just allow other Christians to fund the ministry of the kingdom. You have to be a generous giver. You can't just allow the pastors and the preachers to be the one to share the gospel. You have to tell others, look what the Lord has done in my life. I I need somebody to testify if you were broken but God fixed you come on and testify if you were bound but God set you free come on and testify if you were lost and confused but God found you and gave you a name and gave you a family and gave you an identity come on put your hands together and testify today I can't put it off on everyone else to depopulate hell I have to be the one to share what God has done in my life. This transition from just come and see to now go and die. Number two, I want to tell you this. It's all gonna, it's gonna happen, but God doesn't want us to age and not advance. Ooh, good Lord. Thank you, Sister Nancy. I'm getting younger. I, it is inevitable, right? Aging is something we all do naturally. But advancing is something that we only do intentionally. 
I, I have to be intentional about this. It, it, it's embarrassing to see some of you getting so old. Let me finish. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> to be getting so old and yet still, and still acting so immature. Yeah. I just want to clarify. Ooh, good, good Lord Jesus. I'm going to get in a lot of trouble here, okay? <laughs> My point is simply God, God wants us to advance. Because what happens when we stop moving? When we stop moving, anything that doesn't move begins to die. Let me, let me give you this quick image right here. Tiana, give him that image. Look at, look at this. Look at this. Who would think this is beautiful, right? Beautiful. Rev, do you know what I'm looking at right there? The Dead Sea. Ooh, it looks beautiful on the surface. But nothing can live in it. Because it is a landlocked body of water. So though the Jordan River flows into it and different little streams flow into it, that water goes nowhere. It sits, it accumulates. And so the, literally, there is no marine life that can, that can live in it. If fish get stuck in the Dead Sea, they're going to end up dead. Because it doesn't move. My God, I pray that you get this in your spirit here today. The only way that we know that your faith is actually alive is not that you come to church. It's that you are moving, that you are still walking by faith. I know you're hurting, but you're walking by faith. I know you're struggling, but you're walking by faith. I know Satan's trying to mess you up, but you're still moving because you're walking by faith. I just want to preach to the people today that have just stalled at come and see. You come every week, but you're stuck at come and see. And I know there's something in your spirit crying out, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper in relationship with God. Let's go deeper in his word. Let's, who am I preaching to? God is telling you, let's go deeper in prayer. Let's go deeper in our sacrifice. Let's go deeper in serving. Let's go deeper in our relationship with others. I don't want to be stuck and stalled that just come and see. And the Spirit of God is calling deep unto deep, calling me deeper, deeper. Truth be told, when I was a child, I was expected to act like a child. Well, let me, let me clarify that. I was a pastor's child. Okay. So as a PK, we call them pastor's kids. As a PK, you can only get away with so much. And then you're like five years old, then it was like, aren't you the pastor's son? I guess. I don't really know what that means, but okay, sure. Okay, but, but for all of us, when we were children, we were expected to act like children. But now you're getting a little older. And as you age, you are meant to advance. That's why Paul said, when I was a child, I, I acted like a child. But when I became a man, I had to move. And in moving, I had to put away those childish things. I had to move away from those sinful, fleshly, selfish things I used to do. I have to advance. And some of you, you are just getting, literally, you are acting way too old. I, I didn't say you're grown. I said you're too old. You're holding on to a grudge, but you are too old to be holding on to that thing. My, I'm just gonna, let me just preach for this moment. If you're still gossiping, you are too old for that. If you are still a racist, you are too old for that. 
If you still got some bitterness in your heart, you are too old for that. If you're still coming and expecting everybody else to serve you, you are too old for that. If you still are tithing, if you're still robbing God, you are too old to be the bully on the playground robbing everybody else of what belongs to them. You're too old to be acting that way. Ooh, only the tithers clap when I start talking about tithing. If you're still not loving others, you're getting too old. And if you are still coming every Sunday just to come and see, but not go and die, you are getting too old. Now, I say this because with all, all the excitement and joy that I have today as a father, my son, Zion, at 12, has decided he's ready to follow Jesus and get baptized. <clears throat> So now, as his daddy, who's both proud, I get to throw in his face what I did to Ella. You can't do that anymore. You got baptized. <laughs> you follow Jesus. Ooh, Ellie, how, how old were you got baptized? Nine or ten? Nine? Ten. You don't even remember? But I've been throwing in your face for years. Eight. Okay, eight. So for five years, I've been throwing in your face. You can't do that. You can't talk that way. You got baptized. All I'm simply saying is, as you, as you age... You are called to advance. And at some point in time, I can't do those things anymore. I'm just getting too old for that. And aren't you thankful that even in your old age, God can still make sure that your leaves are green, that you are still producing fruits, and that he's still getting the glory from your life. Can I get an amen for people who are advancing and not just aging? <laughs> Whew. My God, I'm speaking to the people that are dressing like you used to back in the day. And you're not that thin anymore. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. Come on, look at me. Seriously, it's happening. It happens to us all. Ugh, it happens to us all. I'm getting older. So I got to advance. I got to advance. Last thing I want to tell you is this. If you're taking notes, just make sure you write this down because you're stuck somewhere in one of these three. It requires almost nothing to be a fan requires something to be familiar. But Jesus is always going to require more if you're going to be a follower. Yeah. Where are you at? The fandom in the house. Yeah, we love you, Jesus, on Sundays. Yeah. Familiar. Uh, yeah, I know about Jesus. I talk to him when I need something. He hears from me more than just Sunday. Usually when all hell is breaking loose, we're familiar. But to be a follower requires more. Look what he said in Luke 12. He said this. He said, this is Jesus. He said, for, from everyone who has been given much. So from your life, if you've been given much, much will be, everyone say this word, required. And from him who has been entrusted with much, even more will be demanded. If you will actually read the Gospels, you will see that for three years, Jesus wasn't just saying good things and, and, and being a good moral teacher and, and, and a wise man. Jesus was saying crazy stuff like this for three years. He was saying stuff like, you are my disciple if you obey my word. You are my disciple if you will love each other. What if they're crazy? 
if you will love each other. What if we just can't get along? You are my disciple if you will love each other. What, 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 what if they don't always treat me right? You are my disciple if you will love each other. What if, what if they vote differently? You are my disciple if you will love each other. He says crazy stuff like this. You are my disciple if you, I can tell you my disciple because you will bear much fruit. People who just come and see don't bear any kind of fruit. It's those who go and die because the seed has to die in order for it to then produce a harvest. And then he says something really crazy. I mean, he just totally flips the script and he says this in Luke 9. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny. Oof. And he shot blockers in the house. Kenny. I'm just kind of just attributing to your height there, sir, but yeah, yeah, right on. Deny yourself. Blocked. I want this. Nope. I really feel like going here. Nope. Deny yourself. And then he says this. It's crazy. Then take up your cross, like a physical one, like God's will for your life. God's will for Jesus was to take up that cross so that you and I didn't have to. But what is God's will for your life? Take up your cross and here it is. Follow me. Follow me. I just want to prophesy over somebody's life. You are actually going to stop struggling the moment you just apply this simple verse. Wake up in the morning, deny yourself, take up God's will for your life every day and follow and you will start to see a victory even this month in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So in the end, when I breathe my last breath, I will stand before God. You will stand before God. And you will give an account of how much it costs you to follow. What did it cost you to follow? It cost Jesus everything to win you. What did it cost you just to follow him? I need you to know that God will not ask about the square footage of your house. God will ask, how many people did you actually welcome into that home I blessed you with? God, God won't ask you stuff like, how many clothes did you have in your closet? Come on, ladies. Pastor Olga has enough clothes. She can wear a different shirt every day for two years. Come on, somebody. He won't ask you how many clothes you have in your closet. He will ask you, did you help those who needed to be clothed? God won't ask you how much money you made. He will ask you, did you compromise your character to obtain that money? God, God won't ask you stuff like, what was your job title? He will ask you, did you perform to the best of your ability? God won't ask you something like, how many friends did you have on Facebook? He will just simply ask you, how many people did you show yourself to be friendly to? God won't ask you how many times you went to church to come and see. God will ask you, did you ever transition and go and die? My God, Miss Tracy, I look at Christians around the world who are giving everything to follow Jesus, having church services in hiding for fear that if they are discovered, they will be killed. Pastors that are being drowned in their own urine because they were caught preaching the gospel. Families being torn apart because they are living for Jesus in communities and nations where it is illegal. And then I look at the American church. I love you, ladies and gentlemen, but please know I am wore out with your excuses. 
I, I, I am fed up with your, your, in a, your just lack of desire to start maturing spiritually. My God, hi- history tells me about those 12 men, those 12 men. We, we, we know what happened to Judas, and I'll talk about him in a moment. But, but of those 12 disciples that Jesus had, 11 of them died horrible deaths, and, and John was exiled, okay, to, to, to live alone where he got the book of Revelation. But, but these men died horrible deaths because they were, they were faithful to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ even at the point of losing their life. I, I, I was reading the other day uh, about how the, the, uh, these disciples, they were beaten or stoned to death, or stabbed to death, or, or clubbed to death, or burned alive, or, or pierced through with, with spears, or even Peter crucified upside down. This is what these disciples went through because they made up their mind, I have to advance. Not, I, I can't just stay here. I have to go and die. I was reading from Open Doors it's, in the Voice of the Martyrs, these kind of Christian organizations that keep track of how Christians are persecuted around the world. And in 2022, Open Doors stated that 360 million Christians, that's basically one in every seven Christians around the world, suffered significant persecution for their faith last year. How many thousands lost their life because they refused to bow their knee to any false god? They said, I'm going to follow Jesus even if it means taking my life. I need you to not just praise God for that. You need to praise God that you live in a nation where you can freely make excuses and play church and still God loves you. Man, we can play church in America. Make excuses why I won't see you for a couple weeks or a couple months or why we're not reading our Bible or if Pastor, you only knew the problems I'm going to. Just thank God it isn't at the cost of your life. I'm not trying to disparage your, your problems or your pain. I'm just simply saying, draw some comparisons for a moment. There are people around the world that are literally putting their lives on the line just to go have a church service that is illegal. when I get that perspective, I begin to realize, why am I still playing church? Why am I playing church? Let me close with this. Jesus realized, I can't leave these people following me at, a, at, a, at the stagnant state of come and see. I have to move them to a place of come and die. Can I tell you, there was one expert in that group at playing church. I mean, he was an expert at it. He knew how to sound holy and spiritual. He knew how to, how to play the part. He was actually included in the 72 that Jesus sent out, and, and they performed miracles in Jesus' name. They were casting out demons in Jesus' name. He knew how to play church. He was so good at playing the part, he was stealing money, and the other 11 disciples didn't even know it. This is how good of a performer he was. The Bible tells us that Judas was a sellout. He sold Jesus out. 30 pieces of silver. On Baptism Sunday, can I say, it is time that we cast out the spirit of Judas. That that spirit that keeps selling out Jesus for just a little more leisure. The spirit that keeps selling out Jesus for just a little more money. That spirit that just keeps selling out Jesus for just a, a little bit more self-satisfaction. Let's, can I just find a couple Christians that will agree with me? Let's cast this thing out. 
of the American church once and for all. Can, we, can, can I get somebody to say, it's time we stop playing church. It's time we stop playing and just start following Jesus. Can I get somebody to throw up your hand right now and just declare this with me? It is time I stop selling Jesus out. And it's time I sell out to Jesus. I'm not going to be Judas. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like the other 11. I'll lay down my life to be his follower. All over this room, can you just lift your hands with me in this place? Because we have no idea when our life will end. We just don't know. But I want to declare this over you in this place. When you go out in the end, you're going to go out like either Judas or you're going to go out like Jesus. If you go out like Judas, you're going to go out tragically and prematurely. You're going to go out shamefully and rebelliously. But you don't have to go out like Judas. You can go out of this life like Jesus. A finisher. A closer. Victorious. Faithful. Faithful to the end. You can go out like Jesus. Say no matter the cost. Not my will God. But your will be done in my life. What do you say we go out like Jesus? I'm willing to pay the cost. No matter the price. Not my will. But your will be done. Stand your feet with me today. All over this room. Stand your feet with me. And let's just throw up our hands real high. Lord Jesus, I thank you today that you gave your life on that cross so that we could have eternal life in heaven. Let's just take the next 30 seconds with our hands raised and just worship God for the truth of this revelation. He paid the ultimate price to obtain you. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send a preacher. He didn't send someone with money or prestige. He didn't send a president or a king. God the Father sent his one and only son. The very best of heaven. God sent what was most precious to him so that you could be brought into his family. So as we lift our hands, we recognize and we thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving your life. But I believe somebody in this place is just getting fed up with just coming and seeing. You're just getting wore out with just coming and sitting. You're sensing in your spirit God is calling you deeper. He's calling you further. And it is time that we move from just coming and seeing and advance to I will go where you want me to go. I will say what you want me to say. I will preach where you want me to preach. I will love who you want me to love. I will help who you want me to help. I will cast out what you want me to cast out. And I will die for whatever, wherever you want me to give my life. Woo. Hear me. This, this level of commitment, David, make sure to turn me up. This level of commitment is why 5,000 men walked away from Jesus. He fed them one day, and then the next day he says, do you really want to be my disciple? you really want to come after me? It's going to cost you something. Oh, what, no more handouts? Screw that. I don't just get to come and see anymore? Screw that. I'm talking about a level of commitment that makes people just walk away. God doesn't want you stuck anymore at the stage of let me just come and watch. Let me just come and see. He's calling you deeper. He's calling you further. If you can sense that, and even if you don't feel like you're ready, 
but you know God will get you there. Throw up those hands really high with me today. I sense it. I sense it.